HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43, the Good Beer Seal, and it's January 2018. One of my favorite parts of this job is getting to sit with some of my favorite brewers from around the world, and uh, luckily Mr. Toshi Keuchi from Hitachino Nest Brewery in Japan is here in New York with his friends from the United Imports, and we got to sit with him and with uh, George and Michael from be united. We're in a hotel. This show will be airing sometime this winter in 2018. And I'll tell you, uh, Toshi and I go way back when we first opened Jimmy's Number 43. The most popular beer that we served was Hitachino Nest White. And some people still remember that. There was the image of the owl, the owl we put on posters. It was like the welcome signal. Come into this basement bar, there's good beer. And, and I felt that Hitachino Nest represented Jimmy's number 43 to me yeah. and, and to many customers. So, Mr. Toshi, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for the invitation to the show. Yes, and you have, uh, and George and Michael, introduce yourself, because you guys are a core crew. There's a special relationship between Hitachino Nest and Be United Imports. Uh, yeah, my name is Michael Opolensky. Uh I work for Be United Importing Company, um, managing primarily the New York City market, as well as uh, northern New Jersey and Alabama. George, welcome. Hello. How's it going, Jimmy? Great. Uh, we've, we've had you on before. It's nice to be, finally get to be with Mr. Cayuchi. It's, it's excellent. Yeah, my, my name is George Flickinger, um, and uh, I uh, am also with the United International, uh, and uh, I also uh, work uh, in primarily in New York City, but Great. also Minnesota and Louisiana. Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, Hitachino Ness White Ale, that, that meant so much to the early craft beer scene in New York City. What was different about it is that I always had a sensibility that food and drinks from Japan were of a higher quality than what had been available in America. And there's something very Japanese about, about your products. So let's talk about that, what it means to be a Japanese brewer, the history of your family making sake. 
Okay, so my family, Kimchi family, have been brewing Japanese sake for over almost 20, 200 years. And 20 years before, so we started brewing beer because the Japanese tax system has changed 20 years before. And we entered new business for brewing beer. And my family. Okay, so my family, the ancient is Gihei Kiyuchi. He is a uh, uh, founder of Sake Brewery. Also, he is a village leader of the our Konos village, and uh, he collects rice from the farmers around the uh, village, and uh, uh, and he send the rice to Tokuga family. Mm, as a tax, but he think for uh, using rice, uh, making sake by using such rice, we get a big benefit, and he started <laughs> <laughs> sake brewing almost yeah. two hundred years before. Ah. So, so when was that, Toshiyuki? Uh, two hundred years before. Two hundred years. Yeah. Okay. Around eighteen twenty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems very special. So your family was in that region for a long time, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, when did you decide to make beer? So, 1993, uh, Japanese regulation, tax regulation was changed. Before that, only major brewery like Kirin Asahi Sapporo can brew beer, but the tax regulation was changed. Our small brewery like us can enter such new business for brewing beer. Mm. But at the time, you really didn't have the resources in Japan, did you? You had to go to get equipment from Canada and learn expertise from yes. other at places. That, at that time, so some rich company can import German high technology equipment, but we are not so rich company. So we send some letters to American supplier. At that time, America is so open for craft beer business. So we research by internet or we research by some uh, books and we found some good supplier, but their equipment is quite reasonable and we send directly email to the supplier and we buy uh, Canadian equipment. But now we are using uh, Japanese equipment only oh, wow. in our brewery. Because the Japanese brewery. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and the first brewery, I think, was what, a 500 liter batch size? Or no, 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 2,000 liter. Oh, 2,000 liter. Yes, okay. first brewery was. But uh, yes. Every year, expansion, expansion, expansion. Now the beer brew house is almost uh, 10 times bigger. Than. So back then, 1993, 94, 1996, what beers were you brewing? Uh, first, we brew Amber Ale. Mm. And next, Pale Ale. And we started White Ale. White Ale was final. Why? So in Japan, two tax regulations. One is all malted, malted beer. It's also, other tax category, we say haposhu. Um, haposhu can use some other ingredient like uh, herb, like uh, orange juice. So, for get the license of haposhu, we, we took almost three years. Mm. So, first was beer, but next we enter new category of haposhu and we started using such uh, ingredient like herb and orange. Mm -hmm. Great. And, you know, it's, it's great to see how much you've grown since then and for you Michael as you know as not just a salesperson but you know an aficionado of, of great beers you know you've 
sold beers from, from Italy. You're working close with Mr. Cayucci. You know, what does this brewery mean, you know, to, to you? Uh, I guess what's unique about Hitachi, you know, in, um, in the world of Japanese craft beer and in our portfolio in general is just it's so distinctly Japanese. It really has its own character to it, its own identity that um, doesn't seem like it'd be repeatable anywhere else outside of the country of Japan. Um, uh, the white ale has its own innovation to it. It's not necessarily like Japanese per se, but you can see like a, mm, an innovation towards the flavor and aromas of that style. But then you take other um, beers that uh, Hitachino has brewed, uh, for instance, the, the Anbai or the Saison de Japon, um, which feature ingredients that are distinctly Japanese. Um, even one of the uh, beers that um, they started with a long time ago, the Japanese Classic Ale, is aged briefly in cedar casks that were used previously for taru sake. So you're taking a style that is English, that was historically aged in barrels, but aging it in a barrel that is really has more Japanese identity to it, putting a spin on it that's distinctly Japanese with the anbai, uh, the use of um, seaweed salt or um, ume plum juice, and uh, with the Saison de Japon incorporating uh, koji into the mash tun, um, basically going about uh, a sour mash in a completely unique way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you've done and since you started because the, so many of your beers are, are so cutting edge, the Anbai, the Saison de Japan, they're so classic to me. But back in the, when you first started in the 1990s, what, was your market mostly in Japan? Yes, so our market was only Japan. We are bringing copy of American beer, like IPA, like a pale ale. But uh, we started business with Matthias in 1999. At the time, we discussed a long time about how to expand our beer in American market. So our conclusion was we should brew focusing Japanese Japan culture or Japanese ingredient also maybe using some SAC technology. So such idea was innovated by Matthias and myself. So this is why we brew only Japanese Serbia now. Yeah. And so when when you first started working with Matthias Be United, what what were some of the newer beers that, that you made then? Every beer. Every beer is from them. Yeah, yeah. Quite was our, our idea, but the next season Japan, Ambai, we, we're talking the culture of Japan and uh, how the market is growing in States, and we make uh, some direction using Japanese ingredi ingredient and Japanese uh, equipment for making beer. Great. And George, uh, Michael, we're drinking the, Jap the white ale right this now? This is the white ale, yeah. So really the... The flagship uh, beer from Hitachi no Ness, so to speak. So it's a white ale style, uh, so Belgian vit, um, but brewed with uh, unmalted wheat, obviously, malted barley. Uh, traditionally, the style also includes coriander and orange peel, and in this case, um, the Kuchi Brewery also adds orange juice and nutmeg to the recipe. So it has a bit more acidity than your classic uh, Belgian vit, um, brightening it up a bit, um, making it even more refreshing, and the aroma has this touch of nutmeg that's not too overpowering, um, with obviously the citrus aromas and the coriander. And George, you're fairly new to Be United. I mean, I've, you've been on the show a few times. Yeah. Um, tell us about when you first tasted Hitachino beers, you know, first learning about them. Well, I, I mean, as Michael mentioned, I was really, uh, really blown away by uh, how the Kuchi Brewery incorporates uh, you know, sort of Japanese terroir uh, or their sake brewing tradition. And th this is something that, uh, you know, I hadn't really seen before in Japanese beer at all. Um, 
and uh, it's uh, still to this day, it's not often that I, I find like a, a very unique Japanese beer that's not from the QT brewery. Um, so it's this incorporation of uh, their sake history uh, or Japanese terroir, oftentimes both, uh, that really I think makes them stand out uh, on the world stage, quite frankly, not just in Japan. And Toshi, um, at your, in your establishment, is the sake brewery and, and the, the beer brewery, are they separate buildings? Are they different operations? Uh, when we started beer brewing, it's the same building, but now the production of beer is expanding, so we set a new brewery in 2007, and now beer, is, beer brewery is independent than sake brewery. And what, what's the difference, you know, your sake brewery, you're using rice, mm. But what, what are differences about the way you operate, the science, the art? Completely different. Beer, uh, sake brewing, it's coming by hand. Beer brewing, coming from equipment. Yeah. <laughs> so beer brewing is huge, big facility. But sake brewing, Japanese sake brewer, we call toji, they are brewing sake by hand. It's completely different. So that's, it's still a small batch? Yes, yes. And do you... Do they actually use their hands in the process? Yeah, so not, not use hand, but uh, so beer brewing is, is easy than sake brewery. Once fix recipe, how, how to mix the malt, how to, how, uh, how to mix the uh, hop, we can use maybe computer to calculate the recipe and we can uh, brew beer by using a computer control system. But sake brewing is more complex. Mm. First, wash rice by hand. The water percentage of rice is quite important for before steaming. After steaming, we make koji. It takes uh, 48 hours at the uh, koji room. It is open, so also hot temperature, 35C. So the lot of moisture will disappear. So the temperature was changed by disappearing the moisture. Mm, by temperature is changing, so the east, sake east, the growing ratio will be changed. So lots of uh, complex factor is we have for bring sake. So we need to care about step by step. Yeah. Uh, Toshiyuki, can you tell us a little bit about what uh, koji is in case uh, the listeners aren't familiar with the sake uh, brewing process? Okay, so sake brewing process. For sake is coming from rice, of course, you, you know. And uh, first we grind polish sake outside because outside of rice have lots of protein lot of vitamin it's not good for sake fermentation oh, and we use only center of rice next step is washing and soaking uh, rice mm -hmm. and uh, next steaming one hour steaming and uh, after steaming so we put koji noodle koji koji room koji room we splash the seed of koji and uh, koji is uh, like a yeast and expanding the yeast is on the surface of rice and uh, this koji it's like a mold right it's like a mold sorry it's like a mold right mold have enzyme mm -hmm. change starch to sugar uh, change protein uh, to amino acid uh -huh. mm. and uh, next mix koji and steamed rice and water and yeast in fermentation tank. After almost one month, fermentation was finished, we press and get a clear sake. It's a brewing process of sake. 
So the the rice sits in in the brewing tank for one month. Yes, because the sake brewing is quite unique. We say pardon fermentation causes change starch of rice to sugar, and yeast will change sugar to alcohol in the same tank. Beer. First mashing, change mm-hmm. starch to sugar right. by malt, and after the few times the wash, uh, mash, only fermentation. Yeah. The liquid goes mm-hmm. off, yeah. So and sake is so complex. But in sake, you're paying a lot of attention to the yeast. Yes, yes, yes. Do, do you add a yeast or is it a natural yeast? Uh, we have a, we call shubo. Shubo is like a fermentation mother, we say. Uh, this is a cultivating yeast by small batch. And expanding yeast and mix with uh, mushing. And you know, did you grow up in the business when when you were young? Were you working around the sake brewery? Was your family working in the business? Yeah, I born in sake brewery, so I'm fifty four years. So my experience is fifty four years. <laughs> <laughs> so you wake up, you have rice yeah, in your yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you must, so you, you know this very well, but you also must have these memories yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. being young mm. with, with the sake brewery. Yeah, yeah. Do you, any memories that you want to share with us? <laughs> Lots of memories. So, interesting thing is when I was uh, five or six years old, so at that time, tax officer will come very often to the brewery to check the tax. Uh, and uh, one guy uh, took me to the, uh, the bus. And uh, wash my body, and he spent uh, one night at our uh, brewery, and uh, uh, yes, so lots of such memory. Ta- tax man. <laughs> and what about animals? Did you have cats in the brewery? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. No cats. Also, also the interesting story is, woman never enter sake brewery. Woman. Woman. Mm. Why? Lot of people say some woman, but. Uh, the sake brewer is only ma. Maybe okay. at a brewery, 20 people labor is working in sake brewery. If one woman coming, maybe man is started fighting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sake brewery never woman. Now we are okay. <laughs> yeah. So when, when your family started in 1823, yeah. you know they were making sake one way. Were there, were there any technological changes in 200 years, or is it almost the same? Almost same, but also also we buy some equipment, but step is almost similar. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, I've want, I've wanted to sit with you for a long time. I mean, I've known you for many years. I I think that you're one of the more interesting and important people in the craft beer scene that that I've met. And the sake background is making, you know, it informs us more about you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael and George, why don't you guys ask a question? You know, you've you've worked a lot with with Mr. Kayuchi and this is a it's only about we started this at 10.30 in the morning this is a look into their lives as as brewers and salesmen because we met at 10.30 we're already drinking they have a long day ahead of them meetings I know tonight in New York City they'll be at Treadwell Park with Ann Becerra doing a, a special tasting um, but you must have some questions for him about the, the early days I, I want to kind of get the early days that's what radio is good for is you know documenting history okay. I guess my question would be, how did the Japanese market respond when you started brewing these beers that were a little mm, 
more unique, the red rice, even the white ale. Um, it's not like a classic recipe. Did the, did the Japanese market immediately gravitate towards these beers or? Mm, so, mm, Japanese craft beer market is 10 years delay than American market. Mm -hmm. Now, IPA and sour beer coming the boom in Japanese craft beer market. Mm, but after maybe also the share of craft beer is only 0.4%. Oh, wow. By volume, so states is eight percent, wow. so quite small volume. Sure. Mm. That's why? So I'm thinking. So every Japanese people thinking, major beer up Japan, it's good quality beer. So this is why. So the share of craft beer is so. so small. And what about other imports of American IPAs? Lots, lots of American craft beer is coming to Japanese craft beer market, mm. but. Uh, Japanese people like IPA, but the Japanese culture, bitter beer, they do not like bitter beer. Like Asahi Super, it's not, not so bitter. Everybody like, like not bitter beer. But now IPA is doom is coming by media, by TV. So Japanese people is thinking the, the media say this is good. Yeah. Good beer. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And what was it back, you know, 200 years ago, you, you, your family was making sake. When were the first, you know, modern breweries in Japan? What were the influence? Was it was it were the Japanese breweries influenced by England or Germany? Some brewery brewing Baizen, some brewery brewing Pale uh, So twenty years before Japanese craft beer culture was started, maybe lots of copy European yeah. beer, American beers coming to Japanese craft beer market. And Toshi, uh, is home home brewing is still illegal in Japan? Illegal, right? can yeah. brew home brewing. But you, I know that you guys have uh, uh, you let the public come in and brew, mm. right? Mm. In, in your in your brewery, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's legal. Yeah. That's, we have a license, mm. right? Mm. I mean, I think that's great because you're obviously you know fostering the sort of love for beer and, and the process. And so, how does that work? They come and brew. Do they pay to brew, or do they brew and then they buy the beer and take it? Uh, so our system is everybody come to our brewery and uh, we can make a recipe by computer. We can do demonstration of beer brewing. Everybody can start uh, mixing malt, crushing and mashing and loitering and boiling and adding hop. This process is legal in our brewery. But fermentation only huge brewery can do in our brewery. So also after fermentation finished, we bottle and ship to the customers. Yeah. But this, I mean, uh, the, the lack of a home brewing culture, I, I would assume, is a, a big uh, detriment to the growth of craft beer in, in Japan. But it's illegal, completely illegal. Right, 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 right. right. But yeah. obviously, you're helping to sort of foster this passion for, yeah, for yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so and we, we can teach the maybe fun of craft beer right, by right. using such a small facility. That's so great. every liter of alcohol gets taxed, right? <laughs> Even the homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> and then new things that you're doing, you know, you, so your brewery is a, is a community center. I know I remember after the tsunami, mm. 2011, mm. you know, you, 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 were, you survived, but you took care of your community. Mm. Um, what, what else are you doing in, in your area? You know, do other, you know, what's your community like? You know, as a brewer, are you, are you so a very important person? Now we are working with some 
farmers near our brewery because uh, our area was very famous area of uh, growing up barley and wheat. So, but now the, nobody so beer brewery is using imported barley and imported uh, malt. So our farmer never um, growing a. Uh, uh, barley and malt, uh, barley and wheat. So we started to expanding to using our original barley, which uh, harvested at our area. So now totally we are using a 200 ton of barley at our area. Um, and are you growing hops also now? Yeah, it's a little bit hops. A little bit hops. And other new things, I mean, uh, I know that you have a restaurant in San Francisco. Yes. And what made you interested in opening a, a restaurant in America? So, this is maybe, so we are thinking, so beer brewery should be based on agriculture. So we have a, such a farm growing up our barley and wheat, wheat, and also, other side, we have a lot of spent grain from our brewery. Every day we have a four or five tons of spent grains coming from the brewery. So we bring to the uh, farmers and growing up beef and uh, we started a uh, restaurant in San Francisco carrying our original beef and our beer. Mm. Wow, well, spent grain beef. Uh, related to it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> the full circle. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> I think. Is, it, is it called Wagyu? Yes, when Wagyu. Wagyu. Hitachi Wagyu. That's very good. And you also said you have a, a restaurant in Shanghai, China. Yes, so it's challenging for us. We cannot export our beer to China market. By government is fighting each other, so we cannot export our beer. So we set a small brewery in Hong Kong and bring Hitachino beer at Hong Kong and carrying to the China market. But it's so challenging. So also, so expanding our Hitachino culture, we set a restaurant and. We set a small brewing facility in restaurant, and we are brewing special Hitachino beer in the rest, in Shanghai restaurant. Oh. Hey, Michael, what's this next beer that we have? This next beer is the Saison du Japon. Um, what's really cool about this beer is it incorporates uh, the koji mold that uh, Toshiyuki was talking about a few minutes ago. So they, uh, the mold in the sake process. Um, is this basically the enzymatic break is used for the enzymatic breakdown of the um, rice starch? Um, so in this case, they use the koji in the mash tun to assist in the enzymatic breakdown. What's um, cool is that koji also produces um, some lactic acid and citric acid in uh, during this enzymatic process. So it's basically a mm, a unique way of going about a sour mash. And is it, does it work with yeast as well? It assists the yeast, or is it acting instead of yeast? It's acting alongside of the barley enzymes. Um, then after the mash tun, correct me if I'm yes, wrong, yes. Um, the wort goes into the boiling tank and then goes through the usual boiling process that a wort would usually do. Uh, and then the yeast comes up later on. So it's not like the sake process that has this parallel, excuse me, parallel, parallel uh, fermentation where the koji is simultaneously breaking down the, star the starch and the yeast is eating those simple sugars. Instead, the enzymatic breakdown happens, the wort is boiled, and uh, the uh, wort is then fermented into beer. The, the use of koji here is really more for uh, uh, 
the flavors and aromas that it imparts. It's not necessary in the, in the process of this beer. Also, we are using sake yeast for this season in Japan. Right. Sake yeast can only eat uh, single sugar. Ah, okay. This is why we use uh, koji for mashing. We make a, we make a single sugar okay. in the mashing process. So the yeast is important to you then? Yes, it's important. Mm. So sake yeast creates a little acidity flavor. It's important for this beer. Yeah. Also, we are using a saison yeast, little saison yeast, boss. That's great. It's a, like I said, you know, twelve years ago we were drinking Hitachino uh, White Ale, mm-hmm. and you really have come up with so many other beers since then that I, I love. So I'm really happy to be here. We're taking a short break on the radio, but we're going to keep this rolling because we have a new device. But it, it's fun to be here. We're in a hotel, uh, Midtown. Uh, Cook, you know, Toji, you get to travel a lot, don't you? You're in New York today. You were in San Francisco. Uh, what are some places in New York that you like to go to that are your friends, you know? Jimmy 43. <laughs> I like that place too. We'll invite you back one day. Cheers to that. Yeah. Jimmy 43. And more anecdotes. You know, George, you know, you went to school in Scotland. We had you on once. You talked about when you first started working for, for Mateus. So you guys are going to meet Mateus soon. What are some of the things that as an importer, you know, you have to talk to, you know, your your supplier about I mean there must be well I think for us uh, it's a, a treat when we have someone like Toshiki in town or, or really any supplier because of course uh, you know, there's a lot to learn about their process and uh, and their products and uh, it was a great time to have a beer with them and, and talk about beer <laughs> so the event today uh, Treadwell Park with Ann Becerra how did you guys come about setting that up it sounds like it's been planned out for a while. It has been, yeah. Anne had uh, really been wanting to do an event with uh, with Toshiyuki for a long time, uh, and so uh, of course with Toshiyuki in town, uh, uh, the event, uh, yeah, uh, the event happened or was going to happen, which is great. And then how, how will um, how will you guys feature Toshi at the event? You know, so it's it's a, it's a um, good sized bar. There's a lot of beers. Yeah. Well, so uh, at Treadwell Park, uh, they have uh, a small little cellar space. It's actually underneath uh, one of the sort of stairwells in uh, in the bar. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the cellar uh, and uh, we'll have some sake and uh, some beer from Hitachi and uh, we will do a sort of intimate tasting. Uh, for those that want to join and, and come down and, and hear Toshiki talk about uh, his sakes and beers. That's great. This is a, this is a nice one, uh, Michael. What is this? Yeah, this is a, um, a brand new product to the Hitachi Nest line um, in the States. We've brought it in previously on draft. Today we're enjoying it in the new can package. Uh, it is the Yuzu Lager. Do you want to tell us about this beer, Toshiki? <coughs> okay, so Yuzu is a Japanese citrus. Maybe everybody know ponzu sauce uh-huh. for cooking. So ponzu sauce is using a uh, pressed yuzu citrus. Also this beer is using uh, our original malt called Kaneko Golden, which, which, which harvested in our area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have an other Nipponia, but Nipponia is using a Surach Ace Hop. But this beer is using uh, original Japanese hop called Ibuki and uh, Yuzu. Uh, for adding some stress flavor. Yeah. Also, lager beer. Mm. It's a lager. Mm. 
and the citrus really comes comes out. Yeah, it's got a great yuzu nose, a nice dry like lager finish. You can really feel mm -hmm. the that lager is in, on the palate is got bitter on the palate. Yeah, what, what's the process for come this you know creating new beers for you? Wow. <laughs> I'm getting warmed up. Yeah. It's only uh, ten thirty. Some ideas coming. It's drinking with team. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not coming from lava. I'm drinking <laughs> at restaurant. Make some idea of beer. And nearby, there's a Japanese cafe I go to. I always get yuzu tea. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I know the taste of yuzu. Yeah, yeah. But what is yuzu? It's a fruit. Is yuzu it? is a, like a lemon. Mm. So. Yuzu and uh, we said Fukuremika. Fukuremika is using for our Dai Dai beer. These two straws is original Japan orange. Other orange eating at Japan is coming from in Indo, coming from China. But uh, Yuzu and uh, Dai uh, Fukuremika is Fukuremika, yeah. 100% original at Japan. And when you make this beer, are you using a fresh fruit or using dried fruit? Uh, for yuzu, it's uh, only harvest in autumn season. We harvest lots of yuzu and frozen, keep frozen. Yeah. And using for the beer. No, that's great. It's it's yeah. different than the other ones, and uh, I mean, fruit in beer is is a trend, isn't it? it seems popular in America now. Um, what do you guys think of that trend? Um, well, it, it uh, certainly is a trend. There's no question about it. Um, and uh, I think there are uh, a lot of different types of uh, sort of fruited beers. Of course, you have the sort of uh, beers that are sort of paying homage to like Belgian lambic, um, and uh, then you also have these beers that are slightly more mass market that use fruit quite aggressively, um, and I find lack a lot of balance. Uh, but I think yuzu lager is a great example of. Uh, really uh, incorporating fruit well into a beer because it is very, very balanced. Uh, you get all of those really nice yuzu aromatics on the nose and on the palate you similarly get uh, that yuzu flavor up front, but uh, it is quite balanced, dry, with a touch of bitterness in the back end. Uh, so this is a great example of fruit being really, really well integrated into, uh, into a beer. Toshi, when you come to New York also, are there do you taste a lot of uh, New York City beers? Are you interested in the New York City breweries? Yes, I tasted maybe six beers last night at the, the bar. And uh, yes, nice beers I tasted. Also, New England IPA, I tasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of those around these days. Yeah. I asked, what is New England IPA? Yeah. Mm, I'm so curious in Japan. Sometimes, so the brewery in California. So you have new England style IPA to Japan. A bit curious for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next year you'll make it. New England style well, IPA in Japan. Some, some Japanese have already started brewing new England IPA. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's some other Japanese brewers that, that I've met before. There's uh, Baird. Yes. He was American, but he's been he was brewing it in in Japan. Yes. Mm. Do you know him? Yeah, of course I know him. We are yeah. friend. Mm. And is is he? How's he doing? Is it? I haven't been there. Yeah, he's quite creative guy. He's American, but uh, his idea is so creative using some Japanese ingredient. Also, he's he's straight for brewing. I'm straight for business. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man, this is fun. I don't know if we took a short break, Justin. I don't know what, uh, how much more time we have. 
Um, but we're going to keep talking. So this is the Yuzu Lager. Um, I, I like lager styles. Mm. You know, um, I feel like they're coming back. I'm drinking them a lot more than I used to. I think a lot of craft breweries are making them. Um, who wants to talk about lager beers as a style? I love lager beers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think when I first came to beer, when what was it in the early aughts, the things that attracted me more were these wild, extreme, very um, American beers that had, like, you know, packed with flavor and bitterness, like really, you know, they rock the palate, so to speak. But um, over time, I've really come to appreciate, uh, like, simplicity in beer, which is actually a very difficult thing for a brewer to achieve with, you know, you can't really hide behind defects or... Or rather, you can't hide behind ingredients um, in order to mask defects. In a lager, it's really, it's like naked. It's all there. And uh, when it's uh, done right, it's uh, so simple, refreshing, and uh, satisfying. Well, all the beers have been refreshing. You know, going back That's to true. salesmanship, you know, you showed up with beers. They're, they're perfect temperature. You know, I don't know where you're, <laughs> you brought them on the subway. We're up in a hotel. How'd you get them to be perfect temperature? It's, it's a George it's, and I are. It's a it trade secret. Technology. It's <laughs> technology. It's trade secret. We can't tell you. <laughs> and you learned a lot, George, haven't you? So how long have you been working with the team now? Uh, I've been with the United for over three years now. Yeah. It's been amazing every day. I learned a lot from this guy over here, Michael Opolinski. Uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> you guys are my legends. I've, you know, I've, I don't think I even realized how long Mateus has been in business. You know, you had those classic brands from the beginning, like Schneider and uh, Reisdorf Kolsch. Sure. But, um, you know, you, you've really got some great, great products. Are there any other brands that stand out? I know that that, that might be friends with, with Mr. Cayucci from other countries that you work with. Oh, Del Ducato, I think, yeah. is a, a great example. Perfect example. Uh, of, a, of, a colla- of an international collaboration, which yielded something really incredible. Um, I mean, you should, yeah, you should talk about that. Do you want to yeah. tell us about the Koji Arizo Toshiyuki and, yeah, and your collaboration so, with Giovanni? Yeah, Giovanni is my good friend. I learned a lot of uh, Italian culture of brewing from him. And also, we send our Koji to Ducato, and he's brewing Riso. Koji Riso. But his idea is different than us. So he's using Koji on the fermentation process, I guess, I, I have so. I, I think yeah. both yeah. in the fermentation uh, and both. in the mashing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Our Saison Japan is only using mashing, but right. he's using only both fermentation and mashing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the beer it does evolve quite a bit in the bottle as well, mm. I, I, as we've noticed. Uh, but I think for the better, for sure. Uh, it's very interesting to see how it uh, mm. develops because the koji is still active, uh, mm. and uh, it's a really, really fascinating beer. Well, that's that's a special role that you guys have as Be United that you do bring together some of your international brewers. Um, I know they've been at your offices in Connecticut. Is there anything coming up this year with? Uh, some of your international brewers, any any uh, little gatherings or? I, I mean, I wish I could say yes, but um, <laughs> not, no, <laughs> I'm afraid not. I mean, like, uh, hopefully we'll get a lot more suppliers into the market this year. Um, we're bringing up a lot more customers to our warehouse facility, which is in Oxford, Connecticut. Uh, the OEC Brewing is also on site um, where uh, the United Warehouse is. We have like greenhouses and various different um, aging and fermentation like rooms and facilities, so to speak. Um, 
So yeah, we do a lot of playing around up there. Uh, we had uh, a festival for the trade um, called Nepenthia, which was last done three or three or four years ago. Yeah, I think it was three years ago. So um, we might do one next year, I guess, hopefully. Right now, we're really just bringing people up periodically to show them the warehouse, but it's mostly for trade people. Though I encourage um, anyone to come up to Oxford, Connecticut on the weekends. The OEC Brewery is open. You can taste some of their beers. They have a few United beers in the fridge and see our facilities like that. That's great. Is there one more beer or do you drink them all? Uh, we can do the beer. We also have a, a bottle of sake Let's do the sake, well. yeah. You this is a new sake product. Just brought in a few months ago. Maybe need water. So she's going to rinse off the glasses. I've always respected Toshi as a brewer and a businessman, and uh, it's always my honor to see him. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he's really... Hitachi now is one of the mainstays of the United catalog, for sure, along with Schneider and Reisdorf. Uh, we're really happy to have Toshiyuki and uh, work with him. So I know you guys are in a lot of different markets, like uh, you're in Minnesota, Texas. Is, is Hitachino in, in all your core core markets? Absolutely, yeah. Um, they do really well. In, like Hawaii, we sell a lot of Hitachino, and uh, I believe in Alaska as well. It's a pretty popular brand. We're in, I think, 46 states. That might be, like, it might be 47, it might be 45. But um, Hitachino is for sure in, uh, in all of our markets and a big player in each one. Toshi, do you drink more sake or beer? Ah, it's a good question. I like wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. You, it's Justin, <laughs> Garrett Oliver. <laughs> so All the brewers like to drink wine. Yeah, normally. So we drink both beer and sake. Also wine. I like wine. Also, I like whiskey also. So, But sake is completely different than beer for tasting. This is why I rinse glass by water. So beer bitterness will damage sake freshness. Ah, okay. Mm. So, so in Japan, everybody say, Toriya's beer. Toriya's beer is very famous in Japanese restaurant. Toriya is Toriya's beer. Toriya's meaning, uh, no idea what drinking, but I drink beer. It's Japanese culture. First order beer in Japan culture. But if drink beer at first, the bitterness on the palate will damage sake tasting. So my tasting first starts sake. And after finish sake tasting, go to beer. Uh, mm. We did things backwards this morning. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a new product from Kiyuchi Brewery, new sake. So it's first time to using all logo on the sake label. Because mm -hmm. mm, uh, this is challenging for beer market. We bring sake, which will match for the American customers tasting. Mm. It was it's confusing to think of Hitachino and Kayuchi, they sound like different brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is actually the Hitachino Owl label on yes. the sake. Yes. And it's a small bottle too, so you could order this by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is sparkling, also a little bit sour by using special koji and low alcohol, maybe 12%? 12%. Um, sake is normally 15%. So this is low alcohol, spice, uh, sparkling, and sour. It's all keyword is like beer. Yeah. Mm. Sparkling, bubbling, yeah. and sour. It's keyword. <laughs> yeah, that is a very subtle acidity which balances with this light effervescence. Yeah. But this nice the, the serving size matters with sake. Even over the years, we've sold a lot of sake. If you have a large bottle format, yeah, yeah, yeah. people don't always want to buy a whole bottle. But if it's a single serving, 
Um, you know, there was also been sakis in cans as well. Um, is the sake industry just realizing that, that the American market likes this size? Yeah. So now the in Japan, the popular ones we call ishobi. It's 1.8 liter sake. It's huge big. <laughs> it's like a magnum bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. It's changed to the 720 milliliter sake. It's like a uh, wine bottle, mm-hmm. but it's too much. 15% alcohol. Also, sake quality was easy for the amazing by the wild east. So now, market changed to a more small bottle like this. Yeah. And Toshi, I heard that there was some very fascinating history about the size of sake bottles and that uh, it had to do with like uh, rice servings. So like 180 milliliters was the equivalent to like one serving of rice or something. Yeah, it should go. 720 was... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the same as an American, maybe, the gallon, pardon? Uh, sorry, ounce? Uh, ounces, yeah, 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 So in Japan, we are using a go. Go is 180 milliliter, is one unit. We say okay. go. This is just nigo, two okay. unit. Two units, okay. So the big bottle is 10 unit. Okay. <laughs> and then I want to ask you about, this always happens in Japanese restaurants, pairing your drink and your food. So if I'm having sushi rolls, like the American style, rice on the outside, simple filling, is it better with beer or sake? Of course, sake should be better. Mm. Because uh, the sushi, no bitter taste on the, the sushi. So beer is not good for sushi. But with the rice and rice... Too. The, the rice on the sushi roll, mm. that's better with sake too? Yes, yeah. same origin. And just mm. sashimi, mm. just fish, maybe better with sake. What, uh, what cuisine would you pair sake with that's not Japanese cuisine? Oh, good question. Like, mm. So, when I was home, I taste sake. Blue cheese is good for sake. Ah, okay. Really? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. The koji, right? It's like... Mm. Oh, fermented. Also, both fermented. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So could you have like a cheeseburger with sake? Is that a good pairing? Cheeseburger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, so we have uh, one restaurant. We have uh, one restaurant uh, serving uh, Hambana. Yeah. I will try next week. <laughs> <laughs> Report back. Let me know. <laughs> and then what about the beef? Wagyu beef? Is that better with beer or with sake? Yeah. So wagyu beef is so oily, so beer is good for wagyu beef. Also, like this sparkling sake, low alcohol sake, is okay for wagyu beef. Yeah. Mm. And then, uh, is a kaya food like a, a salted soy fish, dried fish? Is that mm. better with beer or sake? Both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, katsu is great with uh, beer. I would say now these fried Japanese mm. food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why Japanese people drinking beer so much. Now the Production volume sake was done every year. So 25 years before was the peak of production of sake. Now just 70% down. And what so, about the export market? Is that going up? Yeah, it's going up. It's uh, so when I return my family business uh, 30 years before, 2,500 sake breweries working, but now almost 1,000 breweries wow. doing sake. 
So big financial troubles coming to Sakeberi. Is this it, because the younger generations in Japan just aren't drinking sake? I mean, they're, they're solely drinking beer. Good, good question. So this, I'm my personal idea is uh, sake was controlled by tax office. Tax office have a award every year. So every brewery thinking to brew sake to one idea, daiginjo. Okay. But the beer, in the competition, there are so many categories, like a pear, like a bison. But sake, all of sake brewery from Japan is brewing one sake for competition. Which so, is the most expensive and prestigious. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's meaning, so every sake taste is almost similar. In Japan, but 30 years before when I started business, uh, sake business, so the sake quality was different by each area. Akita is the north part of Japan. Their sake is so sweet. Interesting. Mm. Niigata, they are so dry. So completely different. It's maybe uh, coming from the culture of food, food culture in each area. Mm. But now every sake brewer is brewing same sake. Right. <laughs> so not the test for everybody. I, but you, I, I know that at the Kuchiburi, you you seem to uh, innovate a lot with your sake. Yeah. Because uh, of course there's the Asamura sake, which uses all red rice. Yeah. Uh, the, I know the taro sake is quite traditional, but the Zen Koji that you do with 100% Koji mold, uh, are there other sake breweries that do things like this or? Mm, quite few breweries brewing such uh, unique sake. Uh, okay. So. To tell the truth, such special sake is not good for Japanese market. Right. Asamura okay. sake <laughs> is so special, yeah. so only export market. Okay. But every foreign people like Asamura sake, it's good for fish. Everybody say. Mm. And then in, in New York now, there's a new Brooklyn called Brooklyn Kura, mm. which is a sake brewing. Yes, sake oh. brewing. Kura, Brooklyn Kura. Mm. Kura is brewery. Yeah, mm. and they mm. have uh, they have some Japanese experts there. Mm. It's an American guy. Maybe next time, next visit, you yeah, can go yeah, visit yeah. it. Also, San Francisco, there is one sake brewery called Sequoia. They are brewing quite good sake in San Francisco. Interesting. I also surprised. Also, using American rice, not imported rice. Ah, okay. This is a nice segue to uh, my lunch. <laughs> See where I can get some beer. I'm actually going to do something local. You know, guys like why? I'm a big fan of New York City craft butchers. In the West Village, there's Hudson and Charles, good friends. They go upstate, they get all the animals from different farms, and, and they cure and they roast all their meats in their butcher shop. They make an excellent roast beef, mm. which I think would go well with this. Also an Irish ham, which is just a boiled ham, a lot of fat. <laughs> so you're making me think fat and sake <laughs> and beer. But it's good. We really appreciate that doing this. You know, We've known Mr. Kayuchi for many years. Um, we've had you sit in with us before with some of your other brewers, um, but we never got a chance to, to really talk. You know, last question for me. You're still a young man. You know, you're, you're, you, you, your family's, you know, history, you have, to me, you're a giant. You know, you're a giant from sake, a giant in being a pioneer in craft beer. Um, so congratulations. You know, I don't have a question for you. <laughs> but I bet you must have something else to say. You know, you're, you're depending on a... Export business, you know, you have, you're selling in China, you're selling in, in America. Um, do you think that's the future for you, is, is more export? Or do you think that in Japan, they'll be more interested in yeah, both traditional market, products? Yeah, both markets. So Japan's got to be a market to be maybe developing very, very 
listen to it. Maybe now everybody like IPA, but it's maybe next ten years more maybe unique beer is coming to Japanese market. Also, we have a huge uh, demand from all over the world. I hope to uh, import a beer. But now our production volume is not so big, so we limited only the American market, only the European market. But future we have an Indian market, we have an African market. We can expand our beer culture to all over the world. Also, we have a new business uh, making a whiskey. Mm. So whiskey business is new trend, but uh, we have a lots of barley farm in our area. So we we are using such agriculture things to the whiskey, and uh, maybe next. It's five years later we can uh, launch whiskey the American market. <laughs> so in Japan is is the the farmers who are growing barley. Do you think it's focused on whiskeys? Yes, I think so. Now the all of Japanese whiskey distillery is using imported barley and malt, but we are focusing only domestic malt only. And a lot of the Japanese whiskeys have been winning awards. People think some of the Japanese brands are the best, yeah, yeah, better yeah, than yeah, Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Is there something special about what you're doing in Japan? So, at the whiskey distillery, we are using a Sakura Cherry Barrel. Cherry Blossom is very famous mm -hmm. in Japan. Yeah. Uh, we make a special barrel from cherry tree. And uh, I was so surprised, the color was pink. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like a pink cherry color. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, unique idea. <laughs> wow. Such wow. Special wood. Yeah. <laughs> also, plum wood we can use. Mm -hmm. The... Uh, the version of your red rice ale in Sakura barrels was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Same about it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was absolutely incredible. And then uh, there's a lot of things going on, man. <laughs> it's so good to see you guys. We 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 work you guys in, Justin. You guys worked so hard to put this show together. Um, I just want to thank you so much. Big oh, shout so out much. also Union Bear Distributors, our sponsors, who distribute you guys in New York. Uh, Be United. Uh, Michael and George, and uh, thank you very much, Mr. Kayuchi, so for sitting with us here. Uh, hope to catch you next time. Thanks to our producer, Justin Kennedy, engineer, David Tadashore, who cleaned this up. And I'm Jimmy Carboni. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All Thanks, right. Cheers. Cheers. for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.